thinking back, you know, at my own experiences as a young parent, it was, uh, it's, I disappoint myself in how many times I was upset with my children for not having their shoes on or not having their coat on, right? When it's time to get out the house on time and just thinking back, you know, and, and reflecting on uh, who I am now and, you know, what the now me would say and the now me would say, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, okay, it takes them an extra minute. Okay, there's probably nothing that we're doing that's on such a tight schedule. And I know that if it is something that we're doing that is on a tight schedule, this is on me, not on my child. I should have started getting ready 15 minutes earlier. And then we started getting them ready 15 minutes earlier. Exactly. And who's that on? That's not on my child. That's on me. I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Okay, it's, it's, it's weird. We're recording like non-early times. We're usually an early recorder, but yeah. because, of, because of the moms, because mm-hmm. of the moms. It's moms. It's mom's weekend. We, we are sacrificing our midday and the, you know, it's Washington sun out there. So we only get it for like four days out of the year. Yeah, it's pretty rare, especially this early in the year to have this beautiful Whoa. of weather. And here yeah. we are cooped up in our various man caves. <laughs> because because of the moms. Because of the moms. Because of the moms. We're, we're but that's all right. They worked their buns off. I mean, mine out there is pretty sure drinking uh rosé why the bean plays on her new splash pad mine mine, my wife is gardening while kids play at friends houses (laughs) okay it's not terrible (laughs) no people are doing what they want it's all good and we're doing what we want we're you know we're getting in some book time there you go absolutely Yeah. yeah well what do we got going on today all right, so today, drum roll, please. Insert drum roll here. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about Anna, Anna Rodriguez's book, Empowered Parenting. Yes. Um, so, Anna Rodriguez. Okay, let's talk about her really quick. So, Anna Rodriguez, she does she doesn't work that. I don't feel like many people are are really signing up left and right to do. At least that I don't know. Right? Sure, yeah. Uh, but she she is working as a a, uh, a youth counselor um, in a domestic violence program, or she was at one point in time, um, providing uh, trauma um, for uh, trauma and domestic violence counseling to children, teens, and parents. Right. Mm-hmm. That that is some amazing work, right? Absolutely, there. Um, yeah, yeah. So the book that she she got us is Empowered Parenting. Right? Yes, and this book is a a great. How do I want to say this, this book? is a is a great book, uh, that has some really good highlights mm-hmm. of parenting styles, um, what to look for. For parenting baggage, which we'll we'll definitely get into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got it made me do some self reflecting on kind of you know my my why as a parent, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I I would say that this as a as a parenting book per se. You know, I, I remember being in college and taking a developmental psychology course and uh, another student in the class raised her hand and said, you know, what would you say is the most important thing to be a good parent? 
And the the instructor uh, kind of la- she chuckled and she was like, you know, the the main thing in being a good parent is to just be a good person. Um, and I think that this empowered parenting book gets towards that because the bulk of the empowered parenting book is really about the parent, right? The work that the individual parent needs to do, especially the work of identifying um, if you did grow up in a a toxic environment or a dysfunctional family environment as a child, you are likely, very likely, to perpetuate that environment as a parent and and consequently pass that uh, toxic stress that toxic environment that dysfunctional environment onto your children and cause them trouble as they try to grow up too so i appreciate the angle that she takes here as far as the um like here's what to do if your kid is being disrespectful you're not going to find very much of that here the the bulk of the book is devoted to hey you uh parent who maybe had uh, a, a traumatic childhood. Um, these are the things that you need to look for in yourself. Here are a few tools for managing those things. And here are some quick tips for being kind of a baseline sort of uh, parenting yeah. 101. And the book itself is very short. Um, yeah. And I think that that uh, serves it well towards getting the message across of uh, two parents who um, need to work through their own childhood traumas in order to become kind of the stronger parents that they want to be or stronger parents than they had when they were children. It does. It's very incisive in that way. But because of that, it is a little bit short on like examples and scenarios and quotations from other parents, caregivers, doctors, specialists, psychologists. Um, So there's still a lot of good nuggets in there, though. There's good nuggets in there. And it's also, if you, I feel like the way to use this book well is if you go and read this book and then sit down and take some serious self-reflection kind of on where parent like your parenting style right kind of thinking about how you grew up and how your parents are mm-hmm. you use this book as kind of that that catalyst to help facilitate some of the that reflection mm-hmm. like this book's going to serve you really well you know and i as i was reading through this book i was reading through a section about kind of the difficulties that children have when they grow up in this sort of environment, behavioral problems, trust issues, um, relationship problems, insecurity, problems with processing feelings. These are all in the the impact of growing up in a dysfunctional family. I was uh, thinking really hard about my experiences as a teacher and the number of students that I have had to manage who come to me with all of those things. And it's a good reminder for me that that's not the kid's fault, that they inherited that from parents who um, maybe didn't realize that they were passing down their own childhood traumas. And now their kid is living out those dysfunctional behaviors in the school environment. Um, So that was kind of a big a moment for me was saying, oh, dang, I have seen this exact package of dysfunctional behaviors in students in my own class. And, and, you know, I don't think they called it this in the book, but what I've started calling it is, is parenting baggage. Sure. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's the way to put it. It's the baggage. It's the baggage that your, your parents um, so kindly passed along to you. And And the problem is that as you're growing up, that's just normal. Yeah. You don't, you don't, those kids, you as a child, probably, you probably remember how you felt, but also a lot of times that seemed normal. 
Uh, I know that I've dealt with kids and, you know, and just talking with them or whatever, and them being surprised that I don't yell. Right. And I say, oh, well, do people yell at you? And be like, oh, yeah, my mom and dad yell at me all the time. They yell at my brother and sister all the time. They yell at each other all the time. And I'm, of course, I'm thinking in my head, well, it's no wonder you have difficulty managing your emotions when you're upset. The only models for managing emotions you have have to do with um, verbal assault and violence or near violence. So it's yeah. no wonder that those are the behaviors you're acting out in school. Yeah. That baggage yeah. we hand down to our kids. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the parenting baggage that I, I definitely uh, took from my father is um, we would always, when every time we try to catch a ferry, was a rush out of the house in a rush we got to be here it was a hurry up and wait right because you get there oh yeah and (laughs) you know it was a rarity we like we'd rolled in and the ferry was just loading and we make it it was either we waited for that ferry or we waited for the next ferry Mm -hmm. and you know leaving the house now i feel like i've gotten a lot better Mm -hmm. but you know early on nope we gotta go okay we're gonna be yeah. late we're, we're gonna be there i think some you, you throw some stoicism in there i kind of mellow <laughs> but yeah some of that that parenting baggage of oh well we we got we gotta go yep yeah the, it's it's thinking back you know at my own experiences as a young parent it was uh it's I disappoint myself in how many times I was upset with my children for not having their shoes on or not having their coat on right when it's time to get out the house on time and just thinking back, you know, and, and reflecting on uh, who I am now and, you know, what the now me would say and the now me would say, whatever, (laughs) like, (laughs) okay, it takes them an extra minute okay, there's probably nothing that we're doing that's on such a tight schedule. And I know that if it is something that we're doing that is on a tight schedule, this is on me, not on my child. I should have started getting ready 15 (laughs) minutes earlier. And then we started getting them ready 15 minutes earlier. (laughs) Exactly. Who's that on? That's not on my child. That's on me. That is my fault. They can't tell time. They have no idea, right? So, um, but you know, that takes, that's taken some years of growing up. And, you know, I will say one of the first things that Anna Rodriguez says in this book is that she wanted to talk about the difference between functional parenting and dysfunctional parenting. And one of the first things she says is functional parenting doesn't mean perfect. Functional parenting means that mistakes happen to everyone, but that the love and recovery and communication that's present within the family environment is good enough to get through all of that without lasting harm done. And the, you know, so me saying, oh, dang, you know, I wish I was better at getting my kids out the door. I remember more than one occasion where I would get upset at my kids and you know, rush them out the door and, you know, carrying their boots in one hand and carrying them in the other and packing them in the, the truck and then getting halfway to the destination and being and turning around in my seat and saying, you know what, we shouldn't be in such a hurry. I should have started getting us early, uh, yeah. ready earlier. I'm sorry that I was so upset at you. Right. And yeah. even though I wish that I hadn't have put myself in that situation in the first place, the, the amount of love and care and lack of ego, right, that I brought to that to be able to say, you know what, child, this this is on me and I love you and you're wonderful and I will try to get you ready a little <laughs> earlier next time. Right. That that is functional. Right. Yelling at your kid one time or 20 times. Right. Doesn't make you dysfunctional having the love and the communication and the relationship ability and being able to listen and talk through your problems rather than caring so much about yourself. And um, that's 
what makes a family functional. I will also say that it's not just those decisions that you make, right? If you're a person who's struggling with a mental illness, it's really, really difficult for you to, you're going to need some support and help creating, generating a functional family environment simply because, yeah. uh, and, and lots of people do it, but it's not easy and definitely yeah. requires some more work. Um, substance abuse also plays a role, right? Uh, it's very, very difficult to be uh, a functional, if, if it, you struggle with being a functional person, it is very, very difficult. And I leave that to each individual to decide, by the way, I am not judging here. Um, but it is very, very difficult to be a functional parent if, if you're not yet a functional adult, right? So keeping yes. that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's that, there's that humble, vulnerable thing when you start mm -hmm. talking about communication, right? And, you know, Ana Rodriguez talks about your, your parenting not being perfect. You're mm. going to have times you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. And it's going back and saying, yep, I got frustrated. I should have yeah. done this. And, it, it, you know, yeah. we're here now. Uh, it's one of her pillars, right? Is being able to talk about your feelings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when she gets to the section about how to heal, you know, um, like just being able to grow up, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the section here. I had it just a second ago, but, um, you know, being able to, uh, to kind of come out of that space of, of, um, ego driven, I have to be right. I'm the parent kids need to do what I say, so on and so forth. Just, just being able to let go of that ego uh, is act and take control of your feelings. That's a big section about how to heal your childhood trauma in her book, right? Because you got to be able to move through that. Yeah, move, move through it. It's just the battle you really want to fight. I mean, isn't that sure. what we, we talked about in, um, in the subtle art episode? Yeah, absolutely. Is, right. Is this you the have to be willing to, to suffer right for it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I personally think that um, if, you, if you want to be a parent, then, then you should be ready to fight to improve yourself and to suffer for that yeah. if, you, if that's what you need to do to be the best parent for your child, especially if you did not grow up with great parents, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, not all of us did. Not all of us did, yeah. Yeah. So this is our last book in the parenting for this season. Well, mm -hmm. kind of. C kind of. of. Kind well, of. kind of. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. We may yeah. have a bonus episode in the works. We'll we, we'll see how things shake out with that. But yeah, yeah. But you know, we've read we've read a lot. We've read a few books. You know, this season about parenting, and we've read a few a few last season mm -hmm. so let me tell you where i really like agree with what i've learned right what what our is really lays out around here around your parenting baggage and it's your parenting style right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when we've gone through all these all the books um so far this book really served as that reminder to be like, yeah, where am I at with my parenting style? Where mm -hmm. am I at with my, my baggage? And I really, in that sense, I really agreed with this, this book as far as, you know, we need to put in the work and we need to kind of look at where we are at. And also with a parent, we want to be, um, mm -hmm. because, you know, they're, there's uh, seven parenting styles in here mm -hmm. that all have some pros and cons, right? Okay. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. They all have pros and cons. I mean, well, you know, well, you know everything okay, has let, pros okay, and cons. Okay. There is there, there is there is one parenting style in here that was it, the neglectful parenting style. I don't know. If there's pros to that. I guess you get more free time as a parent. But that's not something. <laughs> that's something I'm going to sit here and promote. Sure. Yeah. This. Promote. Yeah. I I think I would agree with that. I 
I think that, you know, there, that's definitely the, the, the neglectful uh, parenting <laughs> style. I think the reason that I am grappling here with my words is that I consider parenting styles to be on a continuum, right? Yes. And the continuing on one side of the continuum, it's basically a control continuum, right? So on one side of the continuum, you've got super high control. Those are the like the uh, um, authoritarian, right? My yeah. way or the highway. I control everything you do. I control your access to everything. Um, super, super rules driven. Um, yes. That's that's one way of doing it. And then there's you know kind of lessening degrees of control. And then you get to kind of losing control where you get to on on the far side of that is neglectful parenting and like helicopter or attachment or i think there's one more kind of in that type of parenting scheme um has to do with it's still a control play like yes it's all in support of your child but you're still doing so much for them that they're not learning how to do for themselves. And that's a type of control. You're so, not willing to let your kid go off and hurt themselves, right? So yeah, yeah so go I ahead. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it as a, a line when we started, mm-hmm. when I read the book, because I don't think it was a line when I read the book. Sure. In there. But so there's got to be a middle to that line. Yeah. Right. And so there's the authoritative and then there's the, was authoritarian. Would authoritarian be your middle? authoritarian authoritative is your middle authoritative is your balance okay yeah. so authoritative authoritarian, your authoritarian is your far left correct okay yeah, sure. and then yeah. the ones we haven't talked about you mentioned helicopter but the yep. other one was was uh there's free ranges in there Free range right. is moving and, on towards the neglect. I, I'm not and, trying and, to disrespect free yeah. range parents, but also, and then the, there's permissive. There, there right. is that, permissive. Yeah, permissive. So on that that side, you would have you you would have a, a neglect on one side, and then you would have um, free range and permissive would be on that same side. Yeah. So she right. identifies seven different types of parenting, right? So authoritarian would be the highest control. Um, I would say that like helicopter would be a, a next level of control. It's still a very high degree of control. Authoritative is the quote unquote ideal where there's a balance of control and rules but also there's negotiation communication and letting the kid have enough um freedom that they can make their own mistakes and learn and pursue and what's together. important to them yeah oh yeah and definitely still working. let's let's figure this out together and then after kind of after that you've got um actually i would even say attachment parenting is pretty controlling maybe too yeah. much but then you've got permissive free range and uninvolved and neglected on the, on the low control side. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, the middle authoritative, authoritarian, authoritative, authoritative, yes. Tative is the middle. And then I'll I'll say, you know, there, I feel like there, it is, there's a slide that happens here because there are times that I, I do things that are permissive. Like, there are times it's like, oh, okay, you know, I maybe there's a low risk factor of getting hurt, right? So permissive is, you know, letting letting the kid do some things, uh, suffering some natural consequences type thing. I, right? I might even argue that I I think that it's possible that these are context sensitive. Yeah. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll give you an yeah. example. So, Okay, give me an I'll example. I'll give you an example. Yeah. So um, my, my older daughter occasionally suffers from anxiety, especially when we're dealing with large crowds of people, right? Yeah. And uh, nine times out of 10, or maybe even 99 times out of 100, I 
I trust her and I, I can be, I can give her some guidelines and be reasonably um, authoritative with her, right? Enough freedom to do what she needs to do. I take the, the kind of um, approach of offering friendly advice and letting her make decisions. But in this particular one, I knew that if uh, it was at a track meet, right? And I knew that if I sent her off to, she wanted to volunteer, I asked her, she agreed. If I sent her off to be at a station by herself, surrounded by strangers, um, who are uh, many of which are children and somewhat difficult to manage, I knew that that would uh, potentially be kind of beyond what she was ready to handle in that moment. So yeah. um, my wife also agreed to help volunteer. So I put them together, right? So it, in a certain sense, that is helicopter parenting because I'm managing some of the stressors for my child. You could look at it that way. And maybe even depriving her of like jumping all the way into the deep end. But on the other hand, I, I knew that that was also going to be a way to set her up for success. And yeah. I would argue that if you're doing that all the time, like in every scenario, right, constantly everything. making those decisions for every scenario, that's helicopter parenting writ large that influences the bulk of your decision making as a parent. I don't think that's good for kids. I see it all the time uh, in my job as a teacher. Um, I, I'm not going to recommend helicopter parenting, but um, I would say it's okay to acknowledge that in some contexts, you're going to be one type of parent over another. In an emergency, um, we should be pretty um, authoritarian, like no, uh, yeah, we have to leave on fire. now. The house, yeah, the is, house on is on fire. We, we're we don't not get negotiating. To, we don't get to stand here and look at the pretty blue flames. We yeah. have to go now. There's yeah, not but daddy, I want to make s'mores. Nope, sorry, like, bye. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. No, we're going. And yeah, mm -hmm. so there, there's times, and I feel like the the things you want to stay away from are the, the toxic times, the toxic yes. styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And, and this book really kind of helps, uh, you know, as they break down those seven styles and kind of help lay those out, it, it helped remind me of, you know, kind of my parenting style. And it also, you can look at it as a, a leadership style thing, sure. right? Where, yeah. do you, where do you fall in as a leader, um, you know, or, or, or teacher? I mean, there's, you could equate this into a, a teacher teaching style as well. There's wow. a lot. I mean, it, this is not going to come as a shock to anyone, but there's <laughs> there's a there's a lot, especially being an elementary school teacher, that is uh, th that's parenting. Uh, I am not a parent for hire. I'm a teacher. I'm not a babysitter. However, to help, there are a lot of kids that come to school that lack positive role models at home or positive male role models at home or struggle with relationships or struggle with anxiety. If, if I viewed my job as simply stand in front of the classroom and talk to my kids about academic stuff, um, that it would not be very fulfilling. It would also not be very effective. You have to have some parenting mixed in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, it, it blends with leadership style too. The, mm -hmm. those styles, the teacher, the, the leader, the parent, they all kind of, they all kind of get this blurred line in certain ways. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. You said you had an epic dad joke. Oh, okay. I, hopefully I didn't, I didn't hype this one up too much. It's, it's totally hyped. I'm like okay. bouncing out of my seat here. Okay. What is a pirate's favorite Brazilian jiu-jitsu move? What? Pirates do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Is it... Is it the arm bar? <laughs> it is the arm yes! bar! Yes! <laughs> Woo! Oh, love it. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, you can uh, you can steal that. I love. I, I will tell it at my next jujitsu class, and everyone will be <laughs> like, "You are such a dad." <laughs> oh, hundred <laughs> percent. 
People Absolutely. may walk out. But, they know. may. They may. They're probably going to groan and roll their eyes because half of them are dads and and several of them are teenagers. So <laughs> yes. The, yes, those two populations don't overlap, by the way. Uh, <laughs> they don't. Um, I have one. It's just kind of a silly one. Uh, what do you call a magic dog? Ooh, what do you call a magic dog? Uh, a labracadabrador. <laughs> that is so... <laughs> oh oh it's my a God, mouthful. That so... Oh, that is so... Yeah. That is so dad joke. That... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I have one more. What? And... A double? A double feature? A, a double. And I, I think we can get away with this one. But what word starts with F and ends with U-C-K? Oh, I think I know this one. Uh, first responder related, perhaps? It is first responder related. Is it a fire truck? It's a fire truck. I will also say, so this is right up your alley, food truck also. Oh, food truck. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should you should tell that to the next like food truck operator. <laughs> yeah. And then give them a really nice tip. <laughs> <laughs> All the money. Thank you for oh. chuckling at my joke. Here is a yeah. giant tip. Thank you for the hot dog. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. My Netflix special will be out later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk parenting baggage. Let's talk toxic stress. Um, they were both kind of key takeaways. Yeah. For, I, key takeaways for the book. Key takeaways for me. Um, uh, again, we we came up with parenting baggage. It was, it was not a, a thing in the book, no. but yeah, this book really helped me think about all this, all this stuff that's in there and that toxic stress. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to, so the book talks about toxic. Wow. Uh, the book talks <laughs> can, about can, toxic can stretch. You, can you speak I just, words? I was just going to stretch. It was toxic stretch. Talks like about bad yoga. Tox- <laughs> it talks about toxic stress but um a, another vocabulary word i guess that was absent is the con- a concept called allostatic load and what's that th- what that is is being in a toxic environment for such a prolonged period that it begins to chemically damage your body. So experiencing, you know, a little bit of stress here and there is fine. Um, Our bodies- That that will help you grow. That helps you grow. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's where, yeah, that's where you get outside of your comfort zone. Yep. And you start to grow and you, you know, you learn, you regroup. Mm -hmm. But- but that's if you grow up in stress. a yeah, that's not toxic stress. If you grow up in a family environment where you are stressed every single day, that adds up in your body the the cortisol, literally the chemicals that your body and adrenaline, the chemicals that your body releases in order to deal with stress when your body is kind of marinating in those chemicals over the long term. It what a deteriorates. way to phrase it. Right, I'm bringing it back to the food analogy. I guess. It, it degrades your sleep. It degrades your mental processes. It de- degrades your filtering machinery in your body. And it starts to break your body down and leads to health and mental problems. So the book doesn't um, use the term allostatic load. And I, I kind of wish that she had, she sort of just uses the word toxic stress and just kind of lets that carry the yeah. day. I mean, I'm in a hundred percent agreement over how she uses the way toxic stress, but allostatic load is this idea that our bodies break down 
when our bodies and brains break down when subject to ongoing stress that our mind just can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads to those behavior problems and all the, the litany of other things that uh, behavior problems, health, health problems, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as adults, uh, I mean, some serious major health problems. Yeah. Trust issues. Like if you're in a fighter, if you're in a fight or flight state all the time and every interaction as a child that you've had as an adult is a stressful one, kids learn that they can't trust adults. It makes my job very difficult Um, as a teacher when kids have just learned that adults can't be trusted and adults are not actually looking out for their well-being. Um, Yeah, all of those things, trust issues, attachment issues, mood and personality disorders, relationship problems, insecurity, problems processing feelings. And then the kind of the cherry on top is that if a child has experienced all of these traumas at the hands of the adults in their lives, then it's very difficult for uh, good acting adults, counselors, therapists, principals, teachers, aunts, uncles, to make headway with helping that kid. Um, And that kind of leads us back around, I think, to who this book would be good for, right? Well, yeah, it does lead us back around to who this book would be good for, right? So, you know, people that know or suspect that they've had, um, had damaging family environments growing up, right? Yeah. Um, this book will help, and this it's going to help open the door to parenting behaviors that are, are possible um, to lead to toxic stress, right? And and like I said in the you know when we first started the podcast that you know this book really helped cause me some like awareness and reflection. Mm-hmm. So if you go and you you identify parenting baggage, yeah, there. You, you, start talking to somebody, right? Whether it's a, you know, it's a good friend or a counselor or whatnot, start talking, start exploring what it is, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's not something, it's something that you possibly didn't know that you've been carrying for a long time. For sure. And you, you never realized it was a, as a, it was toxic stress just because it's so, and you're so marinated in it. Let's circle back to marinated. Uh, <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're so marinated in it that you just don't, you don't realize that it's just part of you now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you, when you identify this parenting baggage, don't just go, Oh, okay. That's a, that's a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, do something about it. So for, for me, it's not a a toxic stress, but for me leaving the house, there was stress for me leaving the house and being on time and, you know, like, Oh, we got it. We got it. Go. No, you don't have to go. Right. Right. And it was me letting go. And it was me setting clear objectives. Right. Mm -hmm. What kind of time frame are you thinking to leave the house? Right. So if the time frame is, seven or eight in the morning right mm-hmm. if you've left by eight you've left on time right mm-hmm. but if you've left by 8 30 okay we're we're a little behind the eight ball that's still fine right mm-hmm. the important part is that we're getting there safely right right i mean yeah. i go out there and i you know i pull some fast and the furious moves and <laughs> you know we we get there any faster Uh, it's just that we have to go and we have to, I, I had to go and I had to reflect on what that is. And by setting those boundaries and then doing things the night before, like, what am I going to do to help us get out of the house? If, you Mm -hmm. know, if I do all my things and I'm sitting there playing video games on my phone Mm -hmm. and waiting for everyone else to get ready, that's not helpful. No, like that's not, that's, at all. not that's, that's on me to be frustrated with myself on yeah. why didn't we get out of the house on time. Yeah, you could so, have done something and you didn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's other ways to plan around it. Like, hey, you know, uh, maybe getting there by four is when the uh, 
when you can check into the hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't really do you any good to get there two hours early. Right. No. Yeah. So you, you make plans and you go, okay, so, you know, let's, you know, we know we have to check in by this time. Let's give ourselves some time and know that uh, traffic's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Things are, things are going to happen. And you're just like, oh, things crap, are going to happen. Yeah. There's traffic. I remember we were going on a trip and this was prior to the bean. The wife and I were going on a Thanksgiving trip and we got stuck in JBLM traffic. Sorry mm-hmm. for all, you know, this is a, that's a local, local phrase. <laughs> everybody knows, but uh, it's joint base for joint base Lewis McCord. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's on I-5 and we were in. It took us what should have taken us three hours, took us eight hours. Oof. And we were about ready to bite our heads off. We it broke into the cooler of food. Yeah. <laughs> that was there. <laughs> there. There might have been some close bathroom issues. Oh dear. Right? Yeah. Well, but eight none hours. Of that, yeah. None of that would have mattered if we like if we left earlier, we just would have been stuck in traffic earlier. Yeah. Like it would yeah. it didn't it didn't matter. So you know, you just got to know that and embrace that, that stoic, embrace that, you know, subtle art and just go and learn to let go of some of those things that, you know, you can't, you can't control and you're okay. Not controlling. Yeah. Um, and it, it took me a little bit to, to recognize this, this parenting baggage that I ended up, you know, taking on and not knowing that I took it on until, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm being my father. Mm. Yeah. And it, it happens. Did, yeah. Did I tell you, did I tell you about the, the huge boulder that we found in our garden? No. It, it's, it's a, it's a stoic related story. So my wife and <laughs> Wait, I are, are we going back to whatchamacallit? Are we going back to uh, obstacles the way? Is that what you're throwing out here? It, it, this is an <laughs> obstacle is the way story, but it's, but it's also related to uh, like, just, um, the concept of amor fati, right? Loving what fate deals you, right? In your in your car story, that fate dealt you eight hours in traffic. And wow, does that suck? But guess what? It's eight <laughs> hours with your wife. It's eight hours with uh, some great podcasts, right? And it, it's hard to look at it that way. That That's not where you were at the time. But anyway, <laughs> we're, we're digging into the garden and we're trying to dig out a spot for uh, some plants and I swing my pickaxe and clank, it hits a, a rock. And we have glacial till here, which is just really yeah. rocky soil. It's thank, a bummer. Thank you, Washington. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, okay, you know, not the first time this has happened. I move my pickaxe and I swing again, clank, it stops. I swing around this thing and I find a boulder that's like 18 inches across. It's, it's a pretty big rock. And yeah. initially we're just like, oh man, you know, this stinks. We can't. We're going to have to haul this thing out. We don't know how big it is. And I just kind of chip away at it and I get it out of there and I haul this gross looking boulder out and we grab the hose and we start rinsing it off. And it's this beautiful piece of white granite. I I don't know how it got there. It's been there for years, um, but wow. it ended up being this really beautiful, like rounded a uh, piece of white granite that you would like buy at a landscaping yard like it was really nice wow. so we we rolled it down the hill and put it at the bottom of the garden as like a, a focal piece in our garden like it's just the idea that wait like the front your front yard hill because that's a yeah. steep hill like it could it's have a just gone hill. through the neighbor's door it, it very well could have we i i was the break and i'm just lucky it didn't break me it was a pretty good sized rock but, you know, and, and in parenting, the way this kind of circles back around is, is plan as best you can and then accept what happens and learn to make the most of it. Because sometimes that giant thing that's in your way ends up being a really beautiful rock that you can put in your garden, right? Like yeah. you have to keep your mind open to that possibility. Had I just, you know, grabbed a chisel and cracked through the middle of that boulder, we would not it would have been yeah. easier to get out, but we wouldn't have had that beautiful rock to put at the bottom yeah. of the thing. Right. So, yeah. 
And there's yeah. this there's this rule that I feel like keeps coming up in my life in different ways, but it's the fifty one forty nine rule. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's basically saying that if your plan, if you're on plan fifty one percent of the time and off plan forty nine percent of the time, you're still growing. Sure. Yeah, I would agree right? with that. That's that's mm-hmm. what the rule is. It's it it's growth over time, and maybe not as fast as you want. But, you know, you're, you're still moving the needle forward, as certain people say, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, it's that, it's that 51%. So if you really are like, man, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm my 51% is off plan, right? Then just, just reevaluate. But, mm-hmm. you know, no, it's all about, it's all about growth. And sometimes it's going to get messy. And, you know, that that circle says back around to one of the first things she says here, right? Functional parenting is not perfect. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. Your kids are not perfect. Accept that. Make your mistakes. Recover from your mistakes. And that's how you can move forward. And and communicate about your mistakes. For sure. Yeah. Own them. Apologize. Yes. Apologize is, yeah. in fact, one of her, like, you know, how to Tenants, be a like, calmer yeah. parent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Apologize Apol- when you mess apologize. up. Apologize, because that, and also that release, releases some of that toxic stress. Like, if For you're sure. thinking about it five years later, like, man, I really messed that up. You obviously did not apologize right. Right. Yeah. Well, and also so. you're you're training your kids also in that moment for being the adults that you would like them to be being the kids that you would like them to see we can talk until we're blue in the face about how we want kids to act we can give them the most incisive parent to child ted talk of ever and they're going to nod along and they're going to be you know engaged um however they're going to believe your actions way more than whatever you said in your parenting ted talk right so um Make sure that you're walking. <laughs> Make it's sure so you're true. walking the walk that you want your kids to to walk. Yeah. Well, you know that makes me, as you said, it makes me reflect because uh, I make the bean look me in the eyes when she's communicating with me, mm-hmm. right? Or if I'm communicating with her, like I need you to look me in the eyes. Um, and sometimes she does it in a silly way, and she presses her forehead against mine and she stares <laughs> into my soul. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes she'll do it, and then her eyes—I probably do the same thing—are darting around looking at other things mm-hmm. as people are talking. So there's there's probably something there that I should unpack for myself. <laughs> so, yeah. So what what do you want to say to wrap this up? Um. Empowered Parenting is a really short book. Um, I think that it's a good book. If you know that you have or you suspect that you grew up in a toxic family environment, you should crack this book and have a look at it. I think that there are uh, a few other books that maybe provide more explicit parenting advice per se. Um, the, the section that she has on like how to actually interact with kids is fairly small. A lot of this book is about identifying the problematic behaviors that you may have experienced or may be passing forward as a, a parent who grew up in a traumatic or toxic environment. Um, but if that's you, or if you think that might be you, you should have a quick look at this book. It's a very quick read. Um, I think we it's like about 50 pages, maybe even a little bit less. And uh, I think it might be worth a crack. If you uh, are not in that position, then there might be other books that could give you some more explicit advice on how to deal with the struggles that you're having with your, with your child. Yeah, it, I mean, the book's about, it's about an hour read. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going at a, 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 a nice casual pace. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, like we said at the top of the podcast, 
That, I think that's a thing. I think it's a phrase we can use. Top of the podcast. Sure. Top of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is it is Mother's Day weekend. It is. Right. So shout out to all the moms out there, right? The ones who are just killing it. The ones, the ones who don't think they're killing it, but you know, you're still killing it. Like, you know, way to be, way to be moms. Way I I feel like becoming a parent i appreciated my mother more Mm -hmm. Um, yeah you know i appreciated my parents more but i you know i appreciate i appreciated my mom a lot more and everything that Mm -hmm. she kind of brought to the table you know Mm -hmm. holding holding doing her part to hold the family together Mm -hmm. and you know moms way to be way to kill it i'll agree with that shout out way to go moms keep doing what you do that was my shout out. You have to come Wait, up with a different shout a out. I totally different one. First. You can't you can't say anything about moms. Fine. My shout out goes to trees. Thank you to for tre- the shade. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for the so- shade. We need it in this beginning yes. of what's probably going to be a hot summer here in Washington. It's going to be a hot one. Thank you trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Trees. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dylan. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you so much for having me out today. Yes. Yes. Um, it has been a fun one. And Indeed. enjoy the rest of your afternoon since we did an afternoon. I know, right? It's craziness. It's all sunny out and stuff. All right. I'll see you later, dude. <laughs> all right. Later. Bye. Bye. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>